everybody, welcome back to Cutie Chat Podcast. This is Mary. And this is Daryl. And this is your one-stop shop for all talk quarantine. We talk about current events, we talk about politics, we talk about what hot shows are out. Everything in between, our faith, our motivation, our inspiration, and what keeps us going. Thank you so much for joining us on a new episode. We're going to talk about sports in a pandemic in 2020. Will they survive? We're going to kick this first episode off with Daryl and I weighing in on the impact of not having sports all these past few months and then bringing them back. Daryl, you want to take the lead? Yeah, so... Obviously, the pandemic started in March, and it put a halt to the NBA season. Uh, One of the players, Rudy Gobert, was, I believe, the first one who came down, the first professional player who came down with COVID. And after that, the NBA season halted. Um, Football had not... Wait, really quickly, wasn't he the one who mocked COVID and, like, touched microphones and... Was like trying to make a big joke about it. Was that the same person that did that? Yeah, that was the guy who. Right, he. It was really, really bad in hindsight because he was <laughs> right. sick, and he would. He essentially was just infecting everything while he was positive. Wow. Yep. But yeah, um, all sports halted after that, and it took a while for them to resume because it took a while for the scientists to get a grasp on the. Um, the virus. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I believe it might have been like basketball and baseball who were the first to sort of develop this bubble in which they would have the players sort of quarantine in some region and make sure they're totally COVID-free and play all their games within this certain region and not go outside of the bubble. Right. And so that started, I believe, in like July, maybe. Mm-hmm. And since then, sports have been essentially trying to catch up. Um, the NBA had a had a, uh, a, a a smaller playoff sort of season. The, the number of teams were reduced. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the full amount of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball, they, they took some other measures. I don't know for uh, for certain, uh, it, but they also had their own bubble. Right. And they also had a lot of players that right. came down with COVID, so it took them a while to get right. get going, too. Um, and then football is... Football started in sort of August and September. There was no preseason in football, as there would be in most years, so there was no... Nothing on TV in August. Well, that, to that point... I don't. I know. I know your dad and my dad specifically are like true, like avid sports watchers. And even in our household, uh, you know, we, we live in the house with our dad. Or our dad lives in the house with us. And it was just really sad <laughs> over the last few months just watching him. You know, not have anything to watch on TV. And I think ESPN even got to a point where they were like playing reruns of old games. Mm -hmm. And I think just across the board, most households that are sports households, it was a rough time for people, men and women alike. It was a rough time not having that sense of entertainment in homes or being able to go to games. And, I, you know, I, I never I don't think I understood the impact the sports has on this country and in our culture because so many people, I think, felt lost. ESPN, they kept having these really weird uh, panels talking about things because they couldn't show sports. I think even the analysts felt kind of lost. Like, everybody was spiraling uh, during that time when the sports went away. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a really uncertain time. And, you know, for, like you said, for sports talk radio, for for television, um, for ESPN hosts, there was not much to talk about. It was a lot of speculating, a lot of talking back and forth in circles, a lot of shouting about nothing. <laughs> there have been videos and clips of people remotely just uh, about to get in, you know, like if they were in the same room, they would be fighting each other and they're just yelling about hypotheticals in sports. Yes. Well, so it, bringing sports back, I think definitely was medication for a lot of people. The, the people who play sports, the people who commentate on it and everybody in between, which I think is a great segue to for us to talk about the hard, uh, hard Knocks on HBO. It's one of your favorite shows. And I'm going to just totally give this to you because I don't follow it. I don't really know how much I can add to this, but I think it'd be interesting for our listeners to kind of hear your experience of watching what kind of measures the NBA specifically, NBA, no, NFL, took to bring their their players back. Right, yeah. So Hard Knocks is one of my sort of favorite shows to watch when football season gets going again because it takes you behind the scenes of different NFL teams as they go through their preseason and you get to uh, learn more about the players from a personality standpoint and watch the ones who are sort of on the bubble of getting cut and you see whether or not they make it or whether or not they get cut. Mm -hmm. And so for this preseason, they had to start really late because of COVID and um, they had to, so they showed on the, uh, they showed how they basically set up their whole um, facility outdoors under these huge tents Okay. because they would normally have indoor facilities. And so they had to move everything outdoors per the uh, CDC recommendations of not, you know, with all the personnel that a football team has, there's a football team and, you know, the players, the coaches right. and everybody else. So they all need to be outside. So they set everything up outside and um, and then they also showed sort of the regimen that the players have to go through every day in terms of uh, testing. And so every day the players get tested when they come on the facility and they have to test positive uh, in order to in order to work. You mean order, test negative? Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. order they have to not have uh, COVID. They have to come back with a uh, right. <laughs> so. <laughs> So th- this was the first time for me to actually watch a COVID test, uh, the the nasal test where they take the cotton swab and they roll it around your nose and then they uh, stick it in your brain sort of like really quickly. But uh, that was like my first time watching NFL players, uh, you know, get in the test. And these are players that look like me. So it was pretty much feeling like watching how it would look for me to get a COVID <laughs> test. And, I mean, it was the first time, you know, you, you hear the description of getting a test, and so watching it in real life, in living color, like, it was very, like, I was actually, I shed a tear the first time because I was like, oh, my God, it was just kind of, it broke something to kind of see, like, this is this test where I hear about this cotton swab going up my brain. And, you know, I heard stories my mother had an experience where it felt like a bee sting up her up her nose and 
she had irritation and different people have had different reactions to the test and so watching uh these like big muscular nfl players have very human reactions to something that's very new to everybody it was sort of a moment that was very sort of like everybody could relate to it even if you haven't gotten the test yet right it's like it's like when you're a little kid and you see your big sibling or big cousin get a shot and then you're next (laughs) yeah you're next exactly so it was a kind of and then after they and that after that then they got into football and they had to sort of ramp up their football uh their 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 schedule um it because it was everything is different now right um along with COVID, there's been the racial uh injustice that has been happening this year mm-hmm. which also um kind of overlapped right yeah um the shooting of jacob blake happened and that uh many sports teams uh, responded. There were boycotts in 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 the, NF, in the NBA and in the NFL. They would they uh they like didn't practice and they like didn't scrimmage and they would address with the with the community the you know what was going on. You know they had to put football football to the side for a minute. I'm glad to know they did that. Yeah. Because you know if you weren't watching a show like Hard Knocks, it would be no way for you to know if the NFL actually was sensitive or if they were receptive to now listening. You know, you think about Colin Kaepernick kneeling a few years ago and, you know, it's like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm patriotic. And, you know, it's to me, it's, it's hopeful that the NFL will allow the players to be able to just absorb and be able to feel when things like this take place, considering that they weren't so receptive just a few short years ago. So I'm, I'm actually happy to hear that. Absolutely. So, just to kind of uh, bring this bring this conversation a little further along, um, so while professional sports have imp- been impacted, collegiate and high school sports have also been impacted, and more specifically to where we live, we live in the state of Illinois, something we've been seeing on the news, we've read about, we've even talked about amongst ourselves quite a bit, is... Uh, our governor, J.B. Pritzker, his stance on uh, the reopening of schools and how that's impacted the athletes. And so, you know, I know that you have been very passionate about this specifically, and maybe you can tell our listeners kind of your viewpoint on on that stance and and, and, and what's happening since, since uh, the schools have reopened. So the summary is that Illinois high school sports um, are not, in session there's there's no uh football and all the fall sports that will be going on they're not going on because of covid right um many of the student players and their parents and have and coaches have uh they tried to sue the state they tried to sue the illinois high school association for for not <laughs> instating sports because other states in the Midwest were playing sports, right. and the governor addressed it, saying that the virus is not under control. There is no vaccine, and there is not enough testing. Right. In you know in the schools, so no, there is no, there are no sports. <laughs> right. And uh, you know the like I said, they 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 sued and they lost. They protested outside Prisker's house and they lost. And they're still protesting. And they're still protesting. Yeah. And Prisker's whole 
stance is that colleges and professional teams can afford to test their players every day. And, like, quarantine them and have them in a bubble. And, you know, high school kids can't be away from their parents day in and day out and still do learning and all of that. That would be very expensive and just precarious. It wouldn't be... It's not realistic. It's not realistic. And even if there was enough... uh, There were enough tests, there's still no uh, vaccine. Right. And the state is, you know, the state is so big, you know, there are, you know, obviously high schools in the inner city where the players aren't able to socially distance right. and then versus other uh, schools that are in rural areas where they can, where they, where they might have more space right. and be able to take those measures. And so right. it's, there's a lot of logistics and in, in our governor is doing the right thing in, in protecting our protecting everybody you know that's that's my stance on it i mean it's 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 totally unreasonable you take a state like wisconsin and they are considered the epicenter of covid right now you know but they have not taken some of the measures that states like new york has and california and illinois and wisconsin in the midwest let me preface that there are states in the south that are hotbed areas but in the midwest wisconsin has some of the highest covid numbers i saw this in the news a couple days ago mm-hmm. and it was shocking to me but the re- as daryl said and i'm just going to reiterate and we'll move on it's just it's not it's it will be comforting and it will be assuring when we have a president that can get all 50 of these United States on the same page mm-hmm. where we have mandates, where we have rules, we have guidelines. And I don't say that in an arbitrary way. Like you think about a, a country like New Zealand and they have 100 percent eradication. And even even with that, they still wear masks willingly. And so, you know, it's possible. But because this has been a politicized pandemic where people can make their decisions and decide what's best for them and go where they want to go and do what they want to do, those of us who understand science and that understand the ramifications of not protecting ourselves and socially distancing, it's like we have to continually suffer the ramifications of all these other people who don't want to. But I'm not going to belabor the point. We're going to move along. Which is an interesting segue talking about protections. So one thing we can commend professional sports in doing is keeping people safe in that fake audiences. Let's talk about that. When we were when my dad was looking at the NBA games and we were looking at some NFL game with him one Sunday, we were like, Are those people in the audience? And then and then we realized there were cardboard cutouts or like virtual cutouts of people in the stands cheering on the players and I guess I understand it because the players kind of need some kind of energy to motivate them to get out there and do it but honestly speaking it's I won't say it's laughable but it's it's, I don't know it it just seems kind of crazy to me it was definitely confusing because we have seen as you said a mixture of cardboard cutouts a mixture of it seems like computer-generated people in the stands. Yes, for the NFL and then, game. And then there have, there have been some stadiums that have actually let people sparsely be in the stands. Yeah, I think baseball. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it it just was, like, confusing. Like, like, aren't we still, you know, when you see a lot of people bunched up, 
it, 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 you know, it's like, aren't we still in a pandemic? And specifically for basketball, um, basketball does this thing where they show people through Zoom, like people, uh, instead of seeing like a window full of Zoom windows, they, they situate them on the cardboard heads. And so you see like uh, the person, <laughs> there's a person watching it on zoom but it's still a cardboard head it's it's it's, 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 it's just yeah it's like uh, the twilight zone i mean i'll try to concentrate on the basketball but it's just weird it's like the twilight zone yeah well speaking of the lakers just won the right. nba championships woohoo go lakers so here's the thing um and we don't have to belabor this either but I, I am excited for the win. I, f- I feel like it's also very sentimental. Um, R.I.P. Kobe, Mamba. And I think that, you know, LeBron and the team wanted to just bring it home for him in his honor, and I think they did. But here's the thing that really tickles me is this whole big argument or conversation of LeBron versus Jordan. Who's better? Who's greater? Um, a lot of people feel like LeBron James would not be LeBron James if he played in the Jordan era. And a lot of people feel like, well, LeBron James is a multifaceted person in that not only is he a basketball player, but he's a devoted husband and he's like an involved father and he has a school for black kids and he donates, um, scholarship money for students and he stands up for social causes and he's a huge voice in the Black Lives Matter movement and the Me Too movement and so a lot of people are arguing not only is he is he a better athlete but he's just a better humanitarian and so my thought is this we can have a goat we can have a king they can both be great they both impressed upon uh, their generation when they were at their prime and leave it at that. I don't think one has to be better than the other. I think that they both have made their mark in history during the time which they were allowed to. And that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm I'm also sort of tired of having to say, uh-oh, okay, which one is the greatest of all time now? <laughs> it, it does get very tiring, and especially for the reasons that you mentioned. And I'm a LeBron fan, mm-hmm. even besides all the great things that he does and being a spectacular basketball player i mean he's just a good guy and i got his first jersey and i didn't burn mine like everybody else (laughs) did when he left cleveland so i'm also happy that my first jersey still carries some meaning so i say congratulations to the lakers um obviously i grew up in in chicago so jordan is still the greatest for me but you know, LeBron is the greatest in this time because right. Jordan's not playing right now. Right. And I liked watching Kobe when Kobe played. Right. So right. they're all great. They're all great for the time in which they played. So here's the thing. Sports has been turned upside down on his head, but you have always been into esports and just, you know, the video gaming world. And I even think a few years ago, it came up on a show we watched called Ballers, where the premise was around these sports franchises trying to buy stakes in these esports games and teams. And so, is that the wave of the future? Is that the direction that things are heading? I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, esports have gotten a lot more prevalent nowadays, you know, because it's a remote-ready sport, and people like watching other people play competitive sports you know espn already has a channel that shows esports competitions 
They show League of Legends. They show Overwatch. They show Fortnite, mm-hmm. Counter Strike, Black uh, Black Ops, Call of Duty, Black Ops, uh, and then obviously NBA Two K, right. NFL Two K. Uh, there's so esports. Yeah, I mean, actually, one of my old bosses he he left the company that he owned to buy a buy an esports team. He bought an Overwatch team. Oh wow! Okay. Um, he you know he so he, I guess, got his money somehow and invested it in that. And uh, Rick Fox. Oh yeah, I remember that. Rick Fox is the owner of a League of Legends uh, esports team. So there's a lot of opportunities for people for especially uh minority minorities to to take ownership stake in 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 uh esports teams the rock actually has ownership in the xfl it's not esports but just a reference to ballers um Mm -hmm. he was trying to get he was trying to become an owner on ballers but he did become an owner or part owner of uh the xfl uh which also kind of had to stop when right. the pandemic started, right. sadly, but right. just for esports, yeah, it's something to keep watching. It might be the wave of the future, and that kind of rounds out this episode. I mean, my final take or my thoughts on sports in general, I do think there's merit for sports in our society. I think this sports is a way for a lot of people to channel their natural adren- adrenaline, and it's a rush, it's a fix, it's it's a high, it's it's engaging. Um, people who play sports, you know, it's something for them to be interested in. Um, and then people who currently play sports or look up to playing sports, it gives them something to focus on. So there's merit in it. However, when we think about the way we live and the changes that are obviously going to take place as a result of how invulnerable we were to uh, a disease or a virus like COVID-19, I don't know how society will survive if we can't let go of these old constructs of hundreds and thousands and millions of people congregating in one spot. And I don't know how relevant sports will be if we have to make that kind of decision. I mean, esports might be the wave of the future, or sports might eventually evolve where it just might not be the way it is now. I don't know. But that's my those are my final thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know what's going to happen either. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, we're all going through this in real time. And who would have who thought video games would be, you know, a big contender <laughs> for our attention nowadays. But here we are. Here we are. Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We ran a little over today, but this was like an episode we've really been looking forward to shooting. So thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, Definitely follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to us. We're available on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I believe that's it. That should be most. We on Chromecast? Yeah, you you should be able to pick up uh, the podcast on Google Google Podcasts, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks again for tuning in. This is Mary. And this is Daryl. And we'll see you later. <laughs>